Hebrews chapter 14, beginning with verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must also offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one who does not presume to take this honor, but, take, but it only takes it when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. You are a priest forever, he says also in another place according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For those of you who might have uh, missed it last week or just forgotten what we did last week, I can uh, be in that boat sometimes. Uh, we are in the midst of a series on Christ in his offices. This is a, a particular way of talking about who Jesus is and what he has done for us, and what Jesus still does. And of course, as Christians, we have a lot of different ways that we talk about who Jesus is. We'll say that he is the, the Son of God and Son of Man. We'll say that he's Savior and Messiah. Uh, we'll say sometimes that he is Mediator. Sometimes we'll say that he's the Word of God. All of these terms we apply to Jesus. All those are, of course, sermons for another day. But when we talk about Christ and his offices, we're talking about three particular roles, three particular things that Jesus did, not only in his earthly ministry, but that he still does for us even now. And those three roles are as prophet, as priest, and as king. Now last week we talked about what it meant for Jesus to be a prophet. For Jesus to be the prophet means that he is the one who speaks for God. He brings God's message to God's people. And it means that we can trust in the message that we receive from Christ. He's the ultimate revelation of what God would have us to know about himself. That's what it means for Jesus to be, uh, to be the prophet. But Jesus isn't only the prophet, he's also the priest. And that word might make you nervous a little bit, because some of us aren't so sure about priests. Um, you know, we, uh, we, a lot of times in our, in our culture, in our particular 
you know, segment of Christianity, we would prefer, I think, to talk about Jesus as our friend rather than Jesus the priest. Friend sounds so familiar. Priest sounds something sort of distant and formal, and there's all those sacrifices, and I'm not so sure about priests. Of course, a lot of people have had experiences in churches where uh, they call uh, pastors priests, and that's not a bad thing to do. Um, But some people, because of those experiences, don't like the term priest. And you know, uh, even even here, um, sometimes priest sounds so formal, right? We don't like, oh, priest, it just sounds like it's kind of stiff and you... Must not be a very fun person to be around. And so what do we what do we call the preacher here? And we can call other people this too. We always say brother. We don't want to say father, we say brother. That's that's not a bad thing to do. It's a good thing. We kinda we kinda don't the idea of priest tends to make us nervous. And not only us church going type of folk. You know, we live in an age that's very skeptical of religion and especially formal religion. And and what will people say now sometimes, even if they, you know, if they're they might say, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't want to go through all that formal kind of stuff. And priests sound so, so formal. And even in Christian circles, a lot of times what we'll say is that our faith is about a relationship and not a religion. And our faith is certainly about a relationship. But sometimes we hear the word religion and all of the roles and things like that that go with it, and we start to say, oh, I don't know about these priests and all that. What, what would we want to have to do with that? But if that's your image of a priest, as, as maybe, I mean, that's the kind of the image that rests in the back of my mind, to be honest. But that's a, that is not a biblical picture of what a priest is. Not what a priest was meant to be for the people of Israel, nor especially what we're talking about when we talk about Jesus as priest. Because when we talk about Jesus as priest, what we mean is, in fact, very much the opposite of that. We don't mean that he's someone distant and informal authority and who we don't have a relationship with. On the contrary, to talk about Jesus as priest is to talk about the God who sends his son so that he might make intercession on our behalf back with the Father. The God who sends his son so that he could know everything that we go through to identify with us and represent who we are and what we've gone to gone through to the God who loves us. We talked about Jesus the prophet already. And the way that the the prophet works is that, you know, God speaks to the prophet and the prophet speaks about God to the people. So it's kind of a it's kind of a one-way road. Certainly prophets pray back to God and that happens, but in general, in general when we're talking about prophets, we're talking about from God to the prophet to humanity. But the basic idea of a priest runs in the opposite direction. The role of a priest is to take the needs of the people, to take um, what's going on with them, their sins even, and then represent that to God and say that we collectively are sorry for our sins and to, to, bring, to bring the needs and the failures and, and, and everything else from the people back to God. So where the prophet goes from God to the prophet of the people, the general idea of the priest goes in the opposite direction from the people to the priest, then to God. It's the one who intercedes on behalf of the people for God. But not only that, because the priest draws close to God, because the priest 
brings the concerns and needs and, and everything else from the people to God, God then works with that priest to bring his word back to the people. That's what an Old Testament priest is supposed to be like. That was the whole point of the sacrificial system, to remind the people of the God who had brought them out of slavery, who had rescued them, who wanted to be in relationship with them, and to continually draw them back to him. Some of y'all might know uh, Earl McAnally. He's from a uh, little bit, he's from Belmont. And uh, I, was, I had a great privilege of being in Earl's small group back last fall. And if you don't know Earl, Earl's the man. Uh, uh, I, I learned a lot from him. And one of the things that has really stuck with me, we were talking about priests as we were reading uh, the Psalms. And he said, you know, what a priest is, is someone whose job it is to draw close to God and to draw other people close to God. To, to somebody who can get close to God and help other people get close to God. That's the basic idea of a priest. And all the other stuff that you see around that in the Old Testament and elsewhere, that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. That's what it's supposed to be about. So to say that Jesus is our priest is to say that he has come to us so that we might be drawn close to God because he is close to God. To talk about Jesus as priest is to not talk about a distant, far-off God who doesn't have much to do with us, but it's to talk about a God who's right there with us. It's a reminder of God's care for his people. Uh, I've mentioned this guy a lot, uh, and uh, so you've, you've heard the name Tom Wright before, um, and he tells a story about uh, a book that he had been reading uh, by an Anglican pr uh, priest who was a prisoner of war um, in Germany during World War II. And the priest was telling the story about the uh, Australian officer who was in charge of the Australian barracks in uh, their prisoner of war camp in Germany. He said he was there five years and he got to watch this uh, officer do his work. And his role as the, as the officer in charge, I mean, he was a prisoner of war too, but he's the officer in charge of his section of the POW camp. And what he had to do was to kind of be the go-between between the people and the authorities, the German authorities over the camp. And so he would represent, he would say, okay, this is what the Germans are telling us we have to do. And then he would take their needs and try to bring them back and say, look, you can't, you can't do this, and stand, stand up for them, often take a beating for it. Now, of course, we're not saying that, that God is anything like uh, a German POW camp. And certainly we as Christians aren't, aren't prisoners. But there's something to be found in that example. The example of one who stands in on behalf of the people, representing the people to God and God to the people. That's the role of Jesus. To be the way that we most centrally know who God is. And not only that, the way that God knows who we are. The way that God knows who we are. You might take it this way. I know a lot of you all are, are teachers. And, and I'm, from my mom was a teacher, and, and kind of what I have often sensed with her relationship with her students and her principal um, was that a lot of times she had to sort of bring the administration, the rules, everything that you had to do, the dress code and all that stuff, and, and you know, of course, enforce it with the students to bring sort of the authoritative message of the principal and all that to, to the kids. But at the same time, a big part of her job was knowing what was going on with those students so that she could in turn tell the administration, you know, this is working, this isn't working. To be the one who sort of stands in the middle, 
to hold that relationship together. And in a similar way, Jesus stands between us and the Father to bind that relationship together. Let's look again at verse 14 and six, uh, 15 and 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive uh, mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So if Jesus is the priest, this tells us what kind of priest he is. To say that Jesus is the priest is to say that God has come up close and personal with us in him. He represents us to God and brings God to us. And Jesus is the kind of priest who knows everything that we have gone through and knows everything that we face because he is God in the flesh. God taking the form of a human so that he might know what it's like to be us. God knows what it's like to be you. And not just because God is omniscient, not some sort of academic art. You know, God knows everything, so he knows what's going on with me. He knows what's going on with you because he has been through what you have been through. He knows what it's like to live the life of a human being. Have you suffered? Well, he has suffered. Have you been tested? He has been tested. Are you going through pain? He has known pain. He, God, has known pain. Are you lonely? God has known loneliness. Are you uh, in a family that's messed up? Well, Jesus' own family thought that he was crazy. The God who came to us in Christ knows what it's like to live our lives. And there's nothing that we can face in this life that God is surprised by or confused by or that would make God give up on us because God has come near to us in Christ so that he might know what it is to live a human life. What this passage goes on to tell us is that Jesus didn't sort of just invent this role for himself. He was called to it by God. This is sort of like, this is another Tom Wright example I'm stealing. Um, this is sort of like, um, some of you might have, uh, have a you know, family business where you know, father and son have, have gone in, or you know, maybe father was in the business for a while and then calls the son into business with him. And uh, the way we might imagine that is like, oh yeah, great nepotism, you know, son's got a cush job, just sort of does what the father does, and you know, you didn't have, didn't have to work hard or anything like that. And sometimes family businesses can work that way, and those tend to fall apart. The ones that work well tend to go more like this. The father calls the son and says, you're going to come and work with me. And then what does he do? He puts him to work starting at the bottom. So he knows what it's like from top to bottom in the business, working hard day to day in whatever it is that, uh, that you know, kind of business that they are engaged in. My brother-in-law, John, is an accountant, and he's working for uh, my father-in-law. Um, and what does he do? Man, he starts at the bottom, and he's doing, uh, you know, folks' taxes, and he's doing audits and doing everything else that everybody else is doing, not enjoying a privileged position, but... Right in there, working hard, 
with everybody else. And that's what Hebrews, very surprisingly maybe, says about Jesus, that God sent him to learn about God's love for the world by being in the world and growing and suffering and enduring and learning what it is to love the world that God loved because he made it and created it. So when we say that Jesus is priest, what we're saying is that the God who made the world and refuses to give up on it has chosen to save it by working through his son so that he might know what it is, so that he might know what it is to love the world that God made. You know, we're about to have our our charge conference, and we're going to talk about the ways that we will be doing ministry together over the next year. And when we say charge, it's to say that, uh, that God has given us a calling, has given us a charge to this particular place. And there's simply no way, there's no way we can be God's people here if we don't have confidence that the God who's created us and loved us knows what it is to be here with us. And that we can call upon a God who won't give up on us, but will send his son so he knows what it is to be in this place. And if we don't have that confidence in God, if we don't know that God is with us through Jesus the priest, then we simply can't, we can't be a church. We can't be churches. We can't be a charge. You just can't unless you have that confidence in God. And in the, same th- the same thing is true in your own lives. All those things that we've talked about that you might be going through. I don't know how anybody can face those things. I don't know how you can face suffering and death and illness. I don't know how you can get up and go to work in the morning without knowing without knowing that God is there with you. And to say that Jesus is God's high priest, to say that Jesus is priest, is to say that God is there with us and that he has known, he has known what it is to be us. The one that conquered death has conquered it so that we might have new life in him. The one who came and worked and lived and suffered went on to perfection so that we might have a new life of completion and perfection with him. That's what it is to worship Jesus the priest. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we would know you as the one who has um, borne our likeness, that we would know you as the one who has been through everything that we might go through. We pray that we would know you as the one that we can absolutely rely on and trust in because you are here with us wherever we may go. So Lord, give us new hearts today. Give us new minds today. Give us new strength today that we might be your people in this place, utterly convinced of your love to us through your son. In your son's name we pray, amen.